0: Online scamming has become a major issue for people buying all over the world, be it a car, concert tickets, or work equipment. Think Business spoke to Connor Leiden, who is the founder of TrustApp, a secure transaction platform that protects people from being scammed when buying or selling online to someone that they don't know. TrustApp
1: basically is a transaction platform. It's for people who want to buy or sell online with people they don't know. Um, and how the idea actually originated was I was doing engineering in, in UCC here in college and um, I would be like a Liverpool fan. I was traveling over and back to games at the time anyway and I kept kind of encountering the same problem where I'd be fi- I'd find a ticket that was somebody was selling and they'd always say, send me the money first and I'll post you the ticket afterwards. And I kind of thought, don't know, there must be a better way of doing this. I just wasn't comfortable doing it at all. Um, and, you know, that I actually got away with it a couple of times, but it, it was a very pleasant experience and I got scammed as well um, doing it and I thought, you know, there must be something that we can do about this. And then when I kind of looked into the problem more, I realized how there was a wider use case for similar, um, similar items or services or objects, things like cars or anything like that. I actually sold my granddad's car um, after that uh, for him and i had to meet somebody in a train station the train station here in cork and give get 5000 euro in an envelope from him and i was sitting in the car in this dark car park counting out the cash thinking like this is so sketchy yeah. what like what am i doing um so that's kind of how the idea originated and it's kind of evolved then since um but like we're you know we're currently we have an app that people are using every day on it's an ios app and android app and you can use it online at trustapp.com as well but um our kind of main focus at the moment is partnering with existing marketplaces. Mm-hmm. So um, everyone's familiar with like Done Deal here, or Facebook marketplace um, in Ireland. And that's where people are buying and selling all the time. So we're trying to integrate with as many of them as possible so we can help people or, or attract people at the time when they are buying and selling. So mm-hmm. that's our focus at the moment. We have kind of identified, you know, the areas where it is popular for people to transact with each other, I guess. like. Tickets has actually was originally where the idea came from, but in terms of use cases, we've kind of got a couple of other things going on as well. So it wouldn't just be tickets in terms of cars or animals. um, They're actually transacted more frequently. Electronics as well, like phones and watches, things like that. Um, But Twitter is a kind of tricky one to target because you know you've. You, you've, if you're on Twitter you'll know what it's like you know you've kind of people from all over the place talking to people from all over the place it's quite difficult to build mm-hmm. a campaign there and to, like and um, so we're it is part of our kind of ongoing strategy but we felt going direct to the actual marketplaces mm-hmm. themselves was a probably a more efficient way of doing things just as we were starting off
0: yeah. With the likes of Dundeal and Facebook, their marketplace, is it difficult to engage with them? Are they are they open to those conversations?
1: Uh, they are open to those conversations. We haven't actually, um, we aren't integrated now with any of the sites in Ireland. We found in the UK that the, the marketplaces were kind of more willing to, um, to take this on and to offer this for their users. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit of a, I suppose there's a lot of the obvious benefits us that we get access to their users, but we can actually provide a lot of data to them that they don 't already have yeah. um and open up new revenue stream and new revenue opportunities for them so we'd like to say it 's a bit of a no brainer if a marketplace wants to do it, but there are other factors at play, like some of the ones, like even Dundeal in Ireland here, for example, would be the the biggest in their market, like largest market share. And so maybe they don't feel like they have to do something like this um, to change. But, um, you know, we're, we're working on, on those kind of partnerships the whole time. Uh, there are loads of those kind of marketplaces around the world, um, in Europe, especially, mm-hmm. and they're actually becoming more popular, which is interesting because there's a kind of sustainability angle to it all as well. Like people are very conscious of not um, buying uh, Items and just wearing them once or using them once and disposing of them. They want to create this kind of circular economy, and we mm-hmm. kind of fit in nicely there because we help people to take part in that, but safely. So, in terms
0: of the numbers, then, like, do you have any figures on how many people a year are scammed? Yeah, given. Yeah,
1: there's like the numbers are kind of astronomical. The the actual peer to peer transaction market is worth nearly two hundred billion worldwide. There's a, there's a really interesting. A um, bit of research that was done recently by Gartner, I think, where they tried to estimate the number of transactions, the value of the transactions that didn't happen every year because of like scams and fraud. Obviously, a very difficult number to put uh, your finger on, but that was estimated to be close to 100 billion. Yeah. And so that's a kind of an untapped market where, you know, people haven't obviously found a solution to that yet. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we're trying to tap into. Yeah. Whereas if we can be... Um, become the kind of associated platform for people who want to buy or sell with strangers and they just think of us that we're top of mind. That would be the end goal.
0: Yeah. In, in terms of Ireland then, what would be the common areas where people
1: get scammed? Is it? There- yeah. So the the car, the car one um, would be would be a common enough situation, but it's more actually the danger around the transaction itself. So you've got a couple of ways people can be scammed, usually with things online where the item has been like posted. Mm-hmm. The most common thing is that like the person you've just sent the money to will disappear off the face of yeah. the earth and the item will never arrive um, and whereas with a car or something you could you will meet up and you will see this person but like the car might be in complete disrepair and you have no comeback when you're buying off somebody yeah. uh usually you'd have no comeback if you were buying off somebody completely private or you know there's also a security risk you're handling a lot of cash what will happen you know if they if you would you get robbed or would you know. So it's different kind of ways that people can be scammed. Um, and then there's also the kind of other, we'll say cyber crimes that wouldn't really be on our remit where people are, you know, you're getting emails from people saying, oh, your mobile phone account uh, needs to be upgraded or something. Please pay here. And like people do fall into those shops and that's not really an area that we would be able to protect people, but it's the kind of peer to peer transactions where we can hopefully give a lot of value.
0: Yeah, without promoting scamming, obviously, but they're they're quite innovative in their methods and their approach.
1: Yeah. And it's something you have to stay on top of because it's changing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem, I think, generally as well is that like legislation and like the laws that govern the, these kind of transactions aren't really there because like they, it's a bit
0: of a grey area.
1: Yeah, but they're all they're always one step ahead, really. Mm-hmm. Like, and they, things are changing so often that you know it's very difficult to kind of anticipate what's going to happen or what the next scam will be yeah. in the next. next trick that they'll use um like one of the most common things that people can do really is you know if it seems too good to be true it probably is Mm -hmm. like and that's always a good kind of hard and fast way to to kind of filter out um any transactions that you think you might you might might not do but we want to avoid the situation where people have to rely on you know their gut as to whether something will happen or not and then they're kind of uneasy throughout the whole process because they don't know if it. if they'll get scammed or not. Whereas we're saying that if you're using trust that you don't even have to place your trust in the person you're dealing with, you know that you won't be scammed at all. And that's kind of um, the environment we're trying to create. So there's other ways that people do it as well. They go off rating systems and things like that. But that's another common scam is that people with a four-star rating on eBay can scam one in every five people and they'll still have a four-star rating. And that's how uh, a lot of them operate. They'll give You know, they'll give legitimate products to some people and they'll build up their reputation and they'll even wheel out those people for references and then they'll scam one in every 10 and one in every five people and Mm -hmm. they'll get drowned out by all the positive reviews. Can they be
0: prosecuted?
1: They can be prosecuted, but the problem is catching them Mm -hmm. and proving it like. So uh, I think there are very, very few people getting prosecuted for these kind of things. like a, a good thing to do for people, and we encourage it. Like when when they're using Trust App as well, is to kind of document the process the whole time. So if you know if you have any correspondence with the person you're dealing with, to have you know screenshots or photographs yeah. of that, and you can kind of build a case for yourself if anything was to go wrong. Again, we're trying to say that you wouldn't need to do that if you're using Trust App. But if if you're not and you're using alternative methods, especially cash, do you know. Tell people where you're meeting them, and you know, like there's there's a lot of things you can do. But the reality is that you would have to kind of build the case yourself. It's very very for somebody who knows what they're doing. It's very easy for them to hide it as mm-hmm. uh, online these days. So is there any advice
0: you could give someone who's perhaps recently scammed? Is, is there anything they can do given the moment they realise they're scammed, or is
1: it just? Uh, yeah, it's, it's well, I suppose there are there are a lot of things that you could do, but whether whether work or not. Um, depending on the amount of money, you know, it might be worth your while or it might not. I think that's kind of part of the problem is that a lot of these kind of scams are over kind of 50, 60, 70 euro and people could go to the hassle of getting you know, legal parties involved and things like that, but you're going to end up spending more than, than you've lost out on anyway. Um, and that, that kind of concept of, you know, building a kind of case yourself and like screenshotting or keeping a record of all the correspondence, trying to find any evidence the 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 big no no really to the big thing to avoid would be to try and avoid the digital wallets where you know a person doesn't have to have a bank account or like if if a person is using a bank account or gives bank details usually they can be tracked down if you have enough information for people but as like you know if you if you went to the Guardian and like they do do very well when you know in tracking a lot of this stuff down, but if you don't have much for them to work with, mm-hmm. it's very difficult for them to do anything yeah. for you so. And um, that's the main thing would be trying to get as much information as you can mm-hmm. after the fact.
0: So just, just on yourself, obviously you studied engineering at UCC. Yeah. Quite a big jump to go into the business yeah. world and, and start your own company. Was that something you always kind of had in mind?
1: Um, no, it was probably always something I wanted to do. I didn't do engineering with the end goal or the intention of actually going into the industry. Like I was actually, I just did not know what I wanted to do when I left school. <laughs> like the a lot of people, people yeah. School, and yeah. I, like I was always told, you know, Engineering is a nice broad one. You can, in terms of problem solving, and especially the math side of things, yeah. you you do um, definitely pick up a lot there. And uh, I was kind of just went off the base that I was decent at kind of maths and that that sort of stuff in school, and I thought you know maybe this could be for me. And I wasn't really sure even in the first couple of years whether I'd like it or not, but. Um, when I got the opportunity in UCC to do electives from different streams, I would, I would have done the business ones or the entrepreneurial ones where possible. And I just much preferred um, that side of things. And then it was just good timing with the, the idea and um, how it came about. And there's great, great program in UCC called the Ignite program, where you can uh, basically bring that idea and it's just an idea and um, work through the kind of different stages of starting a business. And that, that was really the kind of Kickstarter for me. Um if it wasn't for that it would have been kind of difficult you don't know where to start really mm-hmm. Um so it's great to have that structure from yeah. day one
0: so going back to when we first spoke it in 2018 yep. I think you had just finished the Ignite program at that point
1: so yeah yeah there's been a, been a lot going on being over and back to the the states on a, a program over there in Austin Texas and um, and we started building the team out here in Cork as well so we're in our own office here now and uh, Patrick, Patrick's just moved in. You, you saw the builders yeah. there on the way, right, in. so okay. yeah. City, yeah, yeah, it's it's a great location. I think it's important, like especially when trying to ret- attract new um, new hires and things that you know mm. you are you are in a nice setting and you you're creating a nice environment to work from. Um, so there's there's been a lot a lot has changed in terms of the product. We've really developed like the the actual app and the the, all the kind of support that goes around that and mm-hmm. built, out, built that out quite a lot. Does, how does the app
0: work for the user? What's the
1: process? So it's very, it's a, it's very easy to use it, both models. Like, so we, we have two models really. We have online transactions and face-to-face transactions. So an online transaction would be any time the item has been sent by post. So like we talked about their tickets or electronics mm-hmm. or anything like that. And a face-to-face transaction then would be for any time the item might be too big to ship like a car or farm mm-hmm. machinery or an animal. Um, or the both parties just want to meet in person, the users can either download the app or they can use it on trustapp.com, mm-hmm. just, just on their phone or on their laptop. Um, and it's quite simple. Once you create an account, um, it's, it's very easy. You can either create or join a transaction or you can manage your current transactions mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's as simple as that. Any kind of communication usually takes place outside of the app. So we don't have like a chat function mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's very simply just there for managing the transactions. Yeah. Um, and so if anyone wanted, you know, uh, to you know, if they were on Twitter, like you said, looking for Arsenal tickets, for example, and they suggest to the, the seller, you know, can we use this? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be more comfortable using this platform for the transaction. That's kind of how it usually starts. It's usually initiated by the buyer.
0: Mm-hmm. Looking to the future, what what's the plan for our growth?
1: So we've we big plans, really. Like we um, so we are going to be live on um, a site called Preloved.co.uk uh, at the end of the month. And that's going to be a big step for us in terms of volume. So we'll probably see an increase by about 50,000 transactions a month more, um, from, from being integrated and partnered with them. Um, so that will mean we need to hire more staff and we, we probably need to take another floor in this office here where we are, but, um, it's exciting times. Like we've, we closed the seed round at the start of the year and we're, we're, we'll probably look to raise a series A round as well by, um, by the end of. 2020, maybe start 2021 if it all, if it all goes to plan. But um, you never know what could happen. You know, something like a virus there appearing out of nowhere and those kind of things. things. Yeah, that, a bit of a grey area still now. No one really knows what's yeah. going to happen next. So, how has that
0: affected you so far? Have, well, it, have it, you it, put anything in place to combat that?
1: Yeah, well, and internally here, anyway, we have a kind of you know, a work from home. we, we we're pretty much a remote company anyway. Not that we have lots of remote staff, but you know, everything's done on remote devices and like mm-hmm. everything's in the cloud and it's very easy to work from home. It's the same as coming in here every day for most people. So we're quite lucky that we we went about it that way from the start. Um, we had like obviously Brexit that pe- people were kind of worried about and that wasn't really going to affect us too much. And this probably won't uh, either like it will other businesses. Like I can't say that unless there's a, just a general kind of downturn in the economy and it affects people buying and selling and using these kind of Obviously platform, you know, a lot of lot of
0: events, sporting events, concerts, true. they're all cancelled at the moment. People aren't meeting up to swap a car or whatever it is now. So Absolutely. Is, that, is that something you're concerned by that it might stay on for longer than expected?
1: It is concerning, especially for like those face-to-face transactions. Like there will probably definitely be, and we've seen a little bit of a decrease there already, but the, the online transactions maybe will actually increase because, you know, people will be more likely to want to send something as opposed to meet up in person and there is a safe way to do that now with, with our platform and um, we haven't really been into it long enough now to see the, the data or to see whether that will actually materialise or not um, but you are right about the events and that side of things but uh, we're kind of lucky I suppose that that's only a part of a part of our business mm-hmm. and that the that's only what some of the transactions, um, where they come from so we still have things like Electronics and um, jewellery, uh, all sorts of um, furniture, things like that, that probably won't be affected as, as badly as the sporting events and yeah. the concerts, which which have been cancelled.
0: So, be it COVID nineteen or Brexit or whatever, mm. what for you has been the biggest challenge in the three or four years you've been running now? Um, I guess
1: with, with most startups, like from talking to you know my. Friends, or anyone else that I know that started a business, the challenge is nearly always funding or money related. So, um, it's very difficult when you're so much to do, and like you when you raise much stretch in terms of resources. So, being able to raise that financing round was it was a struggle initially because of how long it took, and you know, you're it's it's very difficult to um, absolutely be very precise and accurate with your budgeting and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's always a bit of a struggle and that that was probably um, the most time consuming part of my own role for the last six months. So to be able to get that finished up and, and sorted now has been huge and like that's uh, really given everyone a lift and we've been able to kind of grow from that. So mm-hmm. that was the biggest challenge, but also now thankfully the most kind of rewarding or the um, one of the biggest milestones we've hit in the last kind of uh, three, four months anyway. yeah.
0: Trust is in a name. Um, Is it difficult to gain people's trust as a
1: startup? It is, I think, yeah. So you have, there's lots of ways you can do it. Like we're essentially telling people, you know, here's a platform. You don't have to trust each other. You can use this platform, but why should they trust us is a perfectly valid question as well. So um, we are hoping to build our trust with users and to gain users' trust by partnering with kind of existing reputable marketplaces mm-hmm. and brands and like the likes of Stripe who process our payments all have really exceptional reputations. Mm-hmm. And we can hopefully piggyback off their reputation and mm-hmm. um, because it's very difficult to build a brand that's completely associated with trust, especially in the financial kind of space, because natural reaction for everyone is to just assume everything's a scam. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad way to be, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know, you probably save yourself a lot of pain <laughs> uh, avoiding things, but the The reality is that, like, the only way that people will really um, start to trust us is when you know we our reputation increases from you know good references and reviews from users, but also when we start partnering with really reputable brands. So that's kind of another reason why we've gone down that route at the moment.
0: What's the uh, startup ecosystem like here in Cork?
1: It's quite good in Cork, like, Dublin obviously would be the biggest one um, in Ireland, but um, there are a lot of companies that. Cork-based companies, especially tech ones that are, are doing really well at the moment. Um, I'm sure, you know, everyone's familiar with the likes of teamwork and a lot of, a lot of those ones that are doing really, really well. Um, but it is good and there's a lot of support. Like, so if you do follow the kind of recommended pathway that Enterprise Ireland set out, so you, you know you start with your local enterprise offices and, you know, there's, there's three in Cork. So whether you're, whether you're South Cork, you're Northwest or you're in the city, um, you have, Lots of different places you can go. Lots of events are run um as well. And like you've good kind of startup hubs like the like, Republic of Work and some of those places where um you can bump into kind of like-minded people and they run lots of events, and it's nice to be able to, you know, share common problems and you're not mm-hmm. kinda of on your own. Um so it is it is a good place to, to start a business. Like I would say that if people can, that they should try and kind of get out of Cork as well, because you're in a little bit of a bubble here and, you know, especially in terms of raising money and, um, seeing the kind of wider, uh, market, like I'd say, you know, a trip to the U S or, mm-hmm. um, the UK even would be really beneficial, but, um, it's a good place to be. It's not as expensive as Dublin yeah. and for staff as well. That's really important. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, so far so good anyway, but, um, We'll see now, we'll see how, how things pan out over the next couple of years. Yeah. But
0: what what advice would you give someone who has a business idea, they don't know where to go with it? What well, would be one piece of advice to give them to start that and put it into fruition?
1: So if they were like me and they were kind of, uh, you know, graduating from college and not really sure what to do, um, I would say definitely the first step would be to try and find... Um, one of those support programs that are readily available, usually run out of the universities, so the likes of the New Frontiers, if it's um, in an IT uh, university, or if or if it's uh, the likes of Ignite here in UCC, I think like it's really really important. You're not going to be able to build something completely from scratch without any help. You really do need the structure and the guidance that these programs can give you, and plus you're put in with a cohort of other people, so. Uh, that's where most of the learning comes from is the people that you start with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say, if I could give any advice, that would be it to kind of get, get that help straight away to start off on the right track so you're not wasting time going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think that, And I think that's important.
0: Brilliant. Is there anything you'd like to add or do you want to inform people how they can reach out
1: to you? Um, yeah, like, look, uh, Trust App. Um, is available on the Android App Store on the iOS App Store. It's T R U S T A P, so one P at the end, which catches a few people, but also TrustApp.com. Um, definitely come and check out our, our site and chat chat to our support team if you have any questions or any queries, or if you're setting up a transaction, need a hand. We're always there to help out. So um, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll again uh, get some of these uh, people listening here to to transact with us over the next few months.
0: Brilliant. Thanks for meeting
1: Connor. No worries. Thank you.